This is 15 Minutes of Freedom. I'm your host, Ryan Nidell, and today, I don't know what to call the episode, so I'm just going to talk. Hopefully, I don't even say hopefully, there's some, there's a nugget in here for you. I can assure you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to unpolish this gem real time with you. And I, I laughingly say this gem because every episode to me is its own little microcosm for my life. You know, some of these episodes are, are very well crafted. There's been notes. There's been bullet points. There's been things in which I knew I wanted to hit. That would have been a little bit during that optimized life show day. And if you go back, if, you're, if you weren't a fan of that show, I completely get it. I understand where every mistake is that I made during that process. But maybe right, you're curious of what that looked like. And so if you scroll down through the available shows here, there's a series that aren't currently numbered. Right? And those are optimized life show episodes. And those had the notes. Those had tons of research. Those would take hours and hours and hours for me to comp- you know, complete. But what I found is across the board during those episodes, no secret to you, you didn't like them. You didn't like them because they weren't enjoyable to listen to. They weren't short format. They were like a college course of educating on how to overcome limiting beliefs and all types of psychology type of stuff that you probably didn't actually find any value in. It just wasn't enjoyable. And so it was a exercise in expanding my capacity and realizing the error in my ways. But this particular episode is just bringing into my life and, and sharing some things that have changed and progressed and realizing the fact that we're all, to me, imperfect creatures. You know, I shared a handful of episodes ago. If you were to research it, I think it's called the, the most impactful episode I've ever shared. And I go really deep into a dark place that I was currently residing in. I was unhappy with life. It felt heavy. It felt dark. It felt alone. It was scary. It was all types of negative emotions all wrapped into one nice 30-minute conversation. Yes, you and I had pretty much a one-sided 30-minute conversation. That if you haven't had it with me, go back and listen to it. It's still... One of the most impactful things I've ever shared because it was just from my heart. And not that all these episodes aren't, but that's a different type of vulnerability. And so as I'm recording that episode, it aired, I believe, two weeks ago, but I'd recorded a week or two prior to that. So I'm in a whole different space now. And I'm in a different space because I started auditing, like, why do I feel this way? What have I created in my life to feel this way? There's nothing inherently wrong with life. I mean, at that point, my wife wasn't sick and was something that nobody could figure out what it was, <laughs> right? At, at that point, business is going very well and I've got, you know, social circles and friends and things and life is quote unquote supposed to be good, but I didn't feel good. Maybe you've been there before. Maybe you're lying and saying you haven't either way, right? Let's, let's be honest. Life's not always sunshine and roses. Although social media, we would present ourselves that way and email correspondence and speaking to clients, it's always sunshine and roses, right? Well, it's all right. We'll keep it between you and I. It'll be our little secret. That's not really the way life always is. And so I started auditing, like, why do I feel this way? Like, it doesn't make any sense, right? And so my scientific mind, it's gut health, right? It's, it's serotonin levels. It's dopamine. It's what I'm fueling my body with. It's not enough sleep. It's too much pushing. Yeah, it's all a bunch of BS. Right? Sure, it might have had an impact. It might have had some sort of impetus in, in the overall situation, but it wasn't the reason. might have been a contributor. 
okay, well, God, that's not it. Okay, let's go back to the last couple handful of times that I can remember just being quote unquote happy in a moment. Right? That's how dark this got. Like when 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 were moments I was happy? And I go back and it right, I got to go down to my friend Vince Del Monte's mastermind in Tampa, Florida. And I got to speak from stage and share right some things that I do with clients in a 45-minute presentation. There was no nerves for me. There was no trepidation. There was no anxiousness. There was just excitement, right? I loved every minute of that. Like truly love being there, love flying down, love the fact that my book, The Six Figure Blueprint, if you haven't picked it up, do me a favor, grab a copy. If you have grabbed a copy and you haven't left a review on Amazon, do me another favor. Please go to Amazon, leave a review. If you thought it was junk, you can say it was junk. I'd like it if it was a five-star review that you actually wrote, but just tell the truth. It's no big deal. I, I honor whatever you share. Because right, at the same time the book came out, at the same time all this momentum is happening, I'm like, man, that was a great day. Then the next day, right, there was a mastermind that was a little bit above and beyond. It was for a higher level of producers inside of his group, and I got to attend that. Right, and the conversation I had with an individual going over to the event was incredibly impactful. It was, it was brilliant. It felt great. So I'm like, okay, that was happy there. And I remember the last time before that, right, that was even weeks and weeks and weeks ago. The time before that was the last time I was out consulting. I'm like, okay, let's put some skin around this. Like, why is this happening this way? Like, why can't I be happy everywhere else? Well, I don't know. So I started writing down questions that I could try to answer myself. Literally, just it's like I'm having conversations with you, except I was having them with myself in a journal. I was looking for commonalities. I was looking for similarities. Like, why are these things exciting, but some other things aren't? Now, I love training the groups of people I get to train. I love spending time with a bunch of powerful one-to-one clients. But like, why are these things so different? And I start realizing more and more that the bigger the problems I get to help people solve, the happier I actually end up being. The more that's on the line, the more risk that could be involved in the situation, the bigger the upside could be, the happier I am. And the reason for that, as I look at it and kind of dissect it and pull it apart, is because the majority of people that are needing those sort of problems solved, they've already made a bunch of big mistakes like I have. And they're hard charging, right? They want to see big things happen. They have this crazy, crazy belief that they can literally do anything in the world, right? Same thing I have. Kind of the self-confidence side of me that comes out. I fully believe with every ounce of my soul that there's nothing on the planet that if I was given enough time, I couldn't learn how to do and execute it with excellence. Dead serious. I don't have the stomach to be a surgeon, right? Seeing blood and guts literally throws me for a loop. Get queasy. But I also fully believe that if I wanted to focus on that enough, I could figure out a way to work through the queasy stomach and go through the schooling and do all the things I would need to do, become an elite level surgeon. And I wouldn't just be elite, I'd be one of the best. Now, there's a chance as I share that, that might bother you. So be it. I'm going to look at that as an internal thing maybe that you should consider working on. Because I believe that all of us are given the exact same opportunity in life. I believe that we can study and we can push hard and we can create our own belief systems. And I believe that puts us in control of our own life, which means then that anything is possible. Look at that Tony Robbins quote conversation. Where your attention goes, your energy flows. 
well, my attention can go as deep down a rabbit hole as I need it to until I quote-unquote master a subject, and then I can go to find another hole to, to crawl down. And so there's a handful of people that I've come across that have that same innate belief system. Those are people that get me super excited. And it doesn't mean we don't have challenges, right? It doesn't mean people that are wired that way are better or worse than anybody. It's just a different sort of mindset. So I'm like, all right, cool. I got that. I guess that makes some sense. Right? I respect everybody at every step of the journey they're going down, whether you're just starting as an entrepreneur, whether you don't ever want to be an entrepreneur, or whether you're a hard-charging, like, I want to make $100 million. I respect every aspect of how that could be. This does not have anything to do with income. This has to do with mindset and impact and belief. So I'll start drawing those comparisons. I'm like, all right, cool. Well, that, that's something to learn. That's great. And then I realize how infrequently throughout my day I get to focus on that. Creating something that serves those people. Creating systems that scale for those people. And I start looking at what are the things I've been through in my life? What are the things I know I'm a lead at? What things I'm not good at. There's plenty of those. Make this big list, ugly list. Right, it's like a mind map, except I don't know if anybody, including myself, could even read my writing, but it was all out on a sheet of paper. I'm like, all right, well, in this moment, I'm not really qualified to pull this off myself. I got to find somebody to help me see through this and have three conversations with three different individuals. Find one individual that gets me, that now has known me for quite some period of time, that happened to be involved in a mastermind I was involved in. I said, look, man, here's where I want to go. Here's where I'm stuck. Here's where I'm confused. What do you think? I know it's not, it's not your business model at all to help me, but like, can we come up with something? We bounce some ideas back and forth. We come up with an agreement, and we're off to the races. And what that ultimately ends up looking like is knowing that there's a bunch of other people on the planet that feel like I do, that are hard chargers, that own businesses of different sizes, shapes, capacities, numbers of employees, all these things. And that together we have this unique skill set. Right? We have a skill set from what we've been through. We have a skill set from what we're studying. And that there's this, I'll call it digital board of directors that all of us could benefit from. Right? Imagine how powerful it would be. Let me share some statistics with you before I dive into this. Like This is the stuff that really gets like my motor running full, full speed. So I did some research. So I said, okay, a digital board of directors would change my life. Like that's kind of what this individual is becoming. Like he's one of my board of directors, right? I have to pay him, which is fine. But like he's giving me insight into my business from his, what he's been through. All right, what, what does that mean? So I do some research, right? And I'm like, okay, how much does the average board of director make? Like someone on a board of directors. And this isn't Fortune 500 companies. This is just average companies in the U.S., when you know the average board of director makes about 70 grand a year? I didn't know that. It was news to me. All right, that makes sense, right? 70 grand a year. Or if that's 70 grand a year, I'm like, okay, what do you do for 70 grand a year? Well, you meet once a quarter for typically no longer than two hours. More than likely, it's only for an hour. I'm like, wow, so the, if you're on a board of directors, you work four hours and you make about 70 grand. Sorry, scratch my head. I'm like, okay, number one, I, I got to get on somebody's board. But more realistic, I'm like, man, that's that's impactful. That means they're solving big, big problems is honestly what I end up thinking. 
Then I peel back the kimono a little bit, a little bit further, and I realize the average person on the board of directors only sh- uh, shows up to three out of the four meetings. I'm like, okay, now it's getting even better. And then the best part, the average board in the U.S. has eight members. All right, so let's back in some math, shall we? That's how my mind works, very analytical, very data-driven. You got 70 grand for eight people for four meetings a year. 560 grand. So if you owned a company yourself and you wanted a board of directors, you'd have to mentally be prepared to either pay out 560 grand or, or to give away some equity in the company. Stock options, bonuses, right, upside, there's something. All types of different ways to compensate. Right, 560 grand for that. Now, granted, the idea of a board is to produce you two, three, five, ten times more than that in changing of your business, which I have to assume actually happens. I haven't been on a board. I don't really know. So I'm like, all right, what if I was able to create little micropods of four to six people and we met once a week and have four or five of them in total? And we operate as each other's board of directors without the 560 grand. What if it looked like less than 50 grand? And what if instead of meeting once a quarter, what if we met three times a month? And what if we shared things that are working and how to solve each other's problems? And what if there was a proven format that works? And what if we use some different pieces and parts that go on inside of every business, right? Some proven methodology. And what if these conversations were monitored? And what if they were then transcribed? And what if they were turned into additional resources for the individuals on the call so nothing was ever missed? Well, that for, for me personally, selfishly, I'm like, that, that'd be a cool setup. Like, I'd definitely consider that. Like, absolutely. I can't imagine if I had six people that had comparable size businesses or larger than mine that my business wouldn't grow exponentially more than that investment. Seems like a, kind of like, like a no-brainer to me. I'm like, huh, well, that's a, that's a fascinating idea. Let me bounce it off a couple of their business owners. Let me make some phone calls and see if anybody even cares. Because maybe I'm, maybe I'm crazy. Well, come to find out, it's not crazy at all. Come to find out, I have a journal sitting next to me as I'm looking. I have four people in the journal that have, right from a, a conversation I had with someone inside the kind of ecosystem of Columbus, four people that right off the top, like these, these are the ones that are interested. They should be good to go. Just reach out and have a quick conversation. Have an individual come to my office. Like she's perfect fit. She's interested. I'm like, huh. So now... I figured out why I didn't feel quite so in alignment because there's a part of me that needs that side of things. I figured out all the things that make me happy and the things that don't make me happy. Do everything I can to push things that don't make me happy to the side and create systems to take them off my plate. I then double down and lean into the things that make me happy. I then see if it's just me playing solo or if there's other people that feel the same way. There's other people feeling the same way. I then create a container that might hold some of these individuals bounce it off them from some ideas and I get some instant quality feedback. And so that's what, that's what this ends up being to me, right? It's like, this is the life that I choose to live. This is what we all get to do. I don't, I had two choices in that moment. I could stay consistently unhappy. I keep doing the things that don't make me fulfilled. I keep feeling down and just chasing money and not even really chasing, right? Like let's not kid ourselves. I don't really believe that that exists anymore. I believe that money has a mind of its own and it flows to where it's needed to go. Admittedly, that's a little bit of a Dan Kennedy conversation. 
But it's that fact if, if money has its own mindset, if money has its own energy, if money has its own draw, then consistently chasing it only repels it away. But yet that's what we're taught to do, right? Just chase and chase and chase. What happens if I just show up as my best version of self and understand the fact that if I'm adding quality service to people's lives, eventually the money just comes because why wouldn't it flow to that person? Then I create the system. I'm like, well, what solves problems for people that are my, in my spot? How can I solve my own problem? I can host it. I can run it. I can do a, a once a year retreat somewhere where right, all four or five pods or whatever it ends up being, we all go meet somewhere for three or four days. So now we got 20 powerful people in a room. And that actually pivots right into the group mastermind conversation. I'm like, man, this is, I made a mistake here. I made a mistake that I could have chosen to be unhappy and kept doing the things I didn't like to do. And that would have been the story of my past. I would just stay down and stayed frustrated until eventually something shook loose. And what shook loose probably would have been me burning everything to the ground. Because let's be honest, right? If you're an entrepreneur, that's what we do. You get frustrated, you get trapped by the confines of what you have created and what do you do to get out of it. Instead of creating systems to pull yourself out, you burn it all the ground so you can build something new and feel accomplished again. Well, I want to stop that. I want, I want to stop that in my own life. I don't want any part of that. It doesn't serve me at all. And so hence this new iteration that will cause a few shifts and some ripples, right? We take the, the helping coaches, mentors, consultants, which is never going to change or go away, but creating some commoditization in that. Right? It's, I have 90, 100 training videos that you walk through that, you come into a group, and it literally gets you right, to have all the skill sets and all the requirements to make about a quarter million dollars a year. Now, I can't ensure your success. I can't say with no question you're going to make it, but it is every tool that I know how to help you get there. It's literally running groups. It's mindset pieces. It's right, all the automation. It's, it's everything I know to get you to that point. Then, of course, there's another thing that's commoditized, and that's right, how do you hit that next level? How do you get to a half million or so? Maybe a little bit more. Of course, you might have to buy ads. You might have to hire VAs. You might have to hire salespeople. You might have to write a book. You might have to launch a podcast. You might have to get really, really good on a webinar. There's all these different tools and skills that I've acquired over my life. You have to know those. And really, to make that big jump from that to the seven-figure mark, right, there's another level of skills that are required. So there's kind of three levels of coaching, all of which, though, are becoming more and more commoditized which comes from insight from, I'll say, my board of director right now, one guy. He's like, look, man, if you don't like it, just make a shift around it. Still add the service, still add the pieces and parts, still add the value, but do it in a way that serves you and serves others. Like, Man, that's a brilliant statement. So I share all this conversation with you back and forth to clue you into my life, really, because I don't always have things figured out. Like I'm progressing along this path real time. I think no different than hopefully you are. I'm reading books, I'm buying courses, I'm going to workshops, I'm paying coaches, I'm doing things, searching for the things that make me happy. And what makes me happy today might not make me happy six months from now. And not, while I'm not going to throw it away six months from now, I'm going to check in with myself, I'm going to confirm if it's real happiness or not. Then we make decisions based around, you know, a three, four, five week run rate of feeling unhappy. In addition to that, I might seek some outside counsel, ask if I'm crazy, right? Am I chasing a shiny object? I can truly say in this situation, I'm not because it's just another value added service. And when I look at the things that have made me successful in my consulting business, consulting with business owners at a high level and also not so high level, it's the way my mind works. It's the systems that I've built that create simple scale. 
It's ways to pull owners out of the business so they only have to work four days a week or three days a week or could take two or three weeks off. Because I know it's possible because I've done it myself. Hopefully you're getting something out of this just conversation between you and I because admittedly I had no idea where this episode was going to go. I just felt compelled to, to just share with you these things, right? Like if you think there's some master plan that I have that I'm running in the background that I know what I'm doing every moment of every day for the next six years ahead, my friend, I've led you astray because that's just not quite the truth. I know there's big income and big numbers and big impact, but it's really, I'm looking for more big fulfillment and big fun. I'm looking to run with people that make me happy. And not the people I'm running with now don't make me happy, right? Don't mistake that even for a second. They're just different sides of the same coin. And so know that you have that power yourself. You have the power at any moment of any day to be brutally honest with yourself about what makes you happy and what doesn't. And then seek insight from someone that might have been through it before and then make decisions based around their input. Do yourself a favor, though. Might be one of the best things I've ever learned myself, the most difficult way possible. When you make a decision, when you get the insight from someone else and you decide to make, you know, to console with them, consult with them, when they give you information, if, if they're valued, bounce back and forth the ideas and then make a decision in that moment. All right, this whole vacillation back and forth about maybe this, maybe that, I think it's poor form. I think it's slowing you down. I'm Ryan Idell, wishing you truly unlimited success.